All right, let's do this. Um, hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Dark Hour Gaming Podcast. I, oddly enough, am hosting this time. Ryan is not my name, if you haven't heard that over the last uh, 16 episodes. And uh, with me is Mike. Hello. And Derek Uchan. Hello. Uh, and we're going to talk about something that just came out recently that I'm sure you probably haven't heard enough about. Death Stranding! Woo! Yay! The greatest I know, game ever! I'm, I'm totally not being sarcastic. <laughs> uh, um, so basically, what I want from you guys, and I will, um, I will add in some... What's the word? Uh, direction as we go along but more or less I want you guys to sell me on this game that I'm still 100% not sure whether or not I would even enjoy so let's begin with you Mike since I know you love to talk Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, so uh, tell me about the physics of the game Tell, tell tell me what you like about the actual like movement structure because I, I know there's been a bit of uh of people online going around talking about how like essentially the game is a walking simulator well i mean i, I can't <laughs> i can't really debate that because it kind like of it. is it's 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 a a deli- delivery simulator i guess you'd say so the whole basic premise of the game is I don't think this is too much of a spoiler, but you're basically connecting these different <clears throat> areas within the, the U.S. And um, you connect them by doing these deliveries and things like that. And I don't want to get too much into the story because, you know, that's the big thing with Kojima. So, Oh, we're going to talk about that later. So <laughs> don't you worry your pretty little head. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, the game is how do i explain it it i i i like the fact that as you progress they they do a slow rollout right it, it's a very slow burn so like the whole time you're basically doing these things and unlocking different vehicles or different abilities or whatever to be able to do, do these deliveries you know faster more safely or, or whatever and mm-hmm. um that's kind of the point the part that I'm liking the most is unlocking these new features to make mm-hmm. to make your journey easier. So I mean, as far as physics wise, you you have like rough terrain, right? You know, there's mm-hmm. no starting out you won't have any like paved roads to drive down. You can, you know, build those later on, but you're doing a lot of off-roading, a lot of rocks, you know, there's water, things like that to traverse. And well, so, should, I, should I be expecting any vehicles for a while? Is that, does that take a while? Is this kind of um, like a, I'm going to be doing kinda, a lot of It kind of depends. So, like, if you're, if you're a gamer that likes to, like, mainline games, then you could probably get it maybe within a couple hours or so. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's pretty early in the game for mm. the first if you're like me and you sit there and you, you're grinding and not progressing the story very much, then 
you know, you could be without a vehicle for quite a while. I mean, but do you, do you think it'd be better to like take kind of like the approach where like, okay, maybe I rush to get the vehicle and then go back and do all the kind of like grinding type stuff that. Yes. Yeah. I definitely, to? I definitely think you should hit that point to where you could get the vehicle. Yes. Before you. I agree 100%. <laughs> Cause you know, I didn't know. I mean, I kind of figured that you'd have vehicles at some point, but like I said, I stayed away from any preview coverage so i didn't know much about it but you know after i played a certain amount i was reading um different views and stuff and they were saying definitely go get your vehicle or get to a certain point in the game before you start you know just grinding and not progressing the story and i i do agree with that 100 percent. right yeah and I, I guess i guess kind of what i'm trying to more so go for here is like do you feel like there's a lot of challenge with you know uh just as an example someone that i know struggled a bit with uh you know rocks being in their way um or you know i I saw this meme that i showed derek where they were comparing the game to uh quop uh if you're if you're not familiar with that game you essentially use q w o and p to uh move your character (laughs) and uh it's it's a very very difficult walking simulator um so i guess like i guess my question is like you know have you found any what like do you, do you find the challenge um surrounding the you know controls of the game to be any what frustrating do you do you enjoy that like i guess tell me more about your thoughts on the actual like gameplay itself. So in, in my opinion, and I'll, I'll let Derek talk about this as well, but um, so in my opinion, you kind of make your own difficulty with the game, right? So mm-hmm. if you're sitting there and you're trying to make these deliveries and you're trying to rush and, you know, do shortcuts and things like that, you're going to make your journey harder. So, you know, you can always go around dangerous areas and, I haven't found any, unless it's story related and they want you to go through a dangerous territory, um, Mm -hmm. I haven't found that any deliveries are hard to do without, if you, you may, you can make your delivery longer, right? If you want to go around, if you don't want to go up this steep mountain, go around where, you know, there's no rocks. I've always found a, a safe path. I don't know if you found the same, Derek, but I always seem to find a safe path to somewhere. So it makes the game easier for me. But you can challenge yourself if you want to take shortcuts, you know. I agree with that. Um, But to go back to what you said about the controls being a challenge, controls aren't a challenge. QWOP, the controls are a challenge. The Mm -hmm. The whole point of the game is that the controls are awkward and you're fighting with these awkward controls. That's not the case in Death Stranding. The controls are good. They feel good. It's the the game itself that could provide challenge, but it's never me getting frustrated at having bad controls. Um, so the fr- the frustration comes with like potential environmental issues. If if I were to get frustrated with the game, that's what it would be. But I haven't really gotten frustrated with the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the controls are fine, and I agree with Mike that the the game is about pathing it's about figuring out your way to a destination and it's it's also about 
like you said, you make your own difficulty. You choose how many deliveries you want to take at once. You choose how many packages you want to hold, where you want to put them on your body, or maybe you want to hold them on your bike. And you choose where all that goes, and then you choose your route. You fig- you look at the map. You think about how you want to handle this, how you want to tackle the straw. Do you want to take it slow? Do you want to go fast? Do you want to carry a lot? Do you want to carry little? This all will play into how difficult the game is for you. Um and going back to earlier when you said people call it a walking simulator you're right they do i think that's really reductive and Mm -hmm. i don't think that is fair to the game it's like saying you could say like destiny is just a shooting game like you're Mm -hmm. not completely wrong but there's more to it than that yeah there's more to death stranding than just walking If, if you wanted to call it a simulator of any kind honestly i'd call it a hiking simulator over a walking simulator because it is it, it's all also about using your tools to the best of your ability it's it's man versus environment which honestly mm-hmm. isn't something we see a lot in games it's something that we see more in movies or books and actually to your point uh tell, tell us more about the tools in the game yeah sure so the first couple tools you'll see pretty early in the game are like the ladder and the the uh what's it called like it's anchor. just like a rope but yeah anchor thank you um and so you can use the ladder to you can use the ladder as a ladder obviously get it up get up mountains and you're kidding it's crazy <laughs> but also you could use you could find a use for a ladder as a bridge put it over a, a, a river so you don't have to walk through the river mm-hmm. um and you can just put this ladder wherever you want and so using a ladder effectively feels good same with the anchor you stick it down somewhere and now you have a way to get down a mountain a lot easier but whenever you bring tools with you if you decide to bring tools with you that's another package you have to carry with you and so that's something you have to consider uh, I'd be like do i want to bring these tools and add that extra weight but if i use the tools i'll drop that weight eventually and also those tools will stay there for any future times i take this route uh-huh. um and those are just the early tools. Uh, not too long into the game, you get access to another tool, which is basically like, it, it's kind of like a drone that'll build a building for you. And, yeah. And so it can build like a storage locker. So you could be like, all right, I'm going to store these right here in this locker while I go over this mountain to make this delivery here. Then I'll head back to my locker and pick up the stuff I dropped off there so I can go to this other place. Or you could build like a charging station for your bike be like my bike's running low so i'm going to use that to charge my bike or you can use it to build a bridge like a big bridge that you could drive your bike over but if Hell you decide yeah. to do that then you also need to make sure you have metal with you which takes up even more space and these are just the early game tools um so there are more that become accessible i have a couple more than that mostly just weapons and stuff to deal with the the encounters that you have with like the supernatural things um, mm-hmm. but uh i have seen online that there are more than that i'm just not super far into the game unfortunately now i, I don't want to sound um facetious i don't i don't really know what the word is okay but anyhow so if do you, would you guys say that this game is very story driven like do, would you say that like 
let's say we removed any aspect of like the story when it comes to like uh, as far as I'm, I'm aware you're essentially trying to rebuild society in some fashion and obviously i'm i might be wrong but you know if you kind of remove like that end goal and you were just like focusing on like you know the stealth aspects of the game and kind of getting those tools that you're that you want to start using um and kind of like looking at the game from the perspective of i have a lot of um challenges to overcome slash um what's the word um micromanaging to do in terms of what do i want to do here would you say that's like a really big compelling part to the game or would you say you feel more invested in what's going on in norman reedus's life So this is for both of you. I want you to answer literally at the same time. (laughs) I don't know if that's a good idea. (laughs) I'm just kidding. We we can start with you, Derek. (laughs) So um, that's a really good question, and it's tough um, because it's a little bit of both, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, The story is very interesting, and I really want to know what's going on. Early Mm -hmm. in the game, there's a lot of mystery to the story. The game treats you as if kind of as if you're already kind of familiar with this world so you're like learning about the world just by seeing the world take place i guess you could say they're not yeah. sitting there just dumping exposition at you at least not usually versus um, the two-hour cutscene. i think you guys talked about in like Metal Gear Solid <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> accurate <laughs> um yeah so uh that does keep me going and that is really interesting but that's sometimes like sometimes that's what gets me to want to play but then other times i'm just like yeah i want to set out on a journey and i want to like figure out the most efficient way to deliver these packages Mm because it is fun to like do that um and we didn't really talk about this at all when we were talking about gameplay before but after you connect an area to the chiral network then you can see other player structures and their tools that they've left behind so as you connect like the world like you get connected to other people also playing the game and that feels really cool because you'll like walk through this area and it'll be it'll be like harsh and it was hard to get through and then you connect it finally and all of a sudden there's all these tools and there's these player banners and there's these buildings and it just gives the world a lot of life after you get through. And that's a really good feeling. And it's really cool. And just, just for my own um, ignorance, you said chiral network? Yeah, sorry. That's what it's that's what the the like objective of the game Mike said earlier, connecting all these places in America. You're connecting okay. an ultimate network called the chiral network. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to clear up the air there. Yeah. For my own confusion. So I'd say a bit of both to answer the question. A bit of both keeps me going. It's hard to pick one over the other. Sometimes I do feel like, even though I'm enjoying the story, I mean, I have criticisms. It's not a perfect game. Mm -hmm. Like, sometimes I do think that they'll, 
kind of just go over things we've already been over in the story. It's like they'll tell you something and then they'll tell you again. And then you're walking and they come on intercom and they tell you again. I know, I know I'm doing this. I could give specific examples, but I don't want to say any spoilers. But it's that's not really a big criticism. That's just a little nitpick. Um, and so a little bit of nitpick with the gameplay too. But again, it's on me uh, Mm -hmm. because you pick your own pathing, like I said earlier. But sometimes you feel like I should be able to get up this, but you can't. It'll you'll just like slide off the rock or you'll slide down the mountain. You'll be like, okay, I gotta find a different way. But if you're if you're ignorant like me, you'll just keep trying. me too (laughs) that's not anything to call the game bad i've I've definitely done that and the worst part is like i'll try so long that i'll run out of battery and i'll like i'll finally get up it and then it's like your battery's dead so what was the point (laughs) (laughs) what are are your thoughts mike um you haven't or are you just like, I just agree with Derek? Like well, <laughs> I mean, I mean, mostly, yeah. Um, I don't really have a whole lot to add. Um, besides, I feel like I'm still really early in the game, even though I've played um, hours and hours and hours. Like I said, I'm more of a grind side missions type of person. It's also a really long game. Yeah. Um, and I could tell you why I'm doing that, but I really don't want to spoil too much. I'll just say just to get, just to make life easier, <laughs> basically. So, um, like I said, not being that far in the game, I don't really know where the story is exactly going. Huh? And it's not like a typical like Metal Gear type story where I'm like, um, kind of on the edge of my seat throughout the whole thing. Because I'm, I'm a sucker for Kojima stories, but in this one... I would say gameplay is keeping me going more, uh-huh. which I didn't expect to happen, but at this point, it is. Not to say it's a bad story, it's just not much there for me yet. Right. I'm waiting for the payoff. Just from my own curiosity, so let's say they got rid of the story, right? Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that like the gameplay of the game is enough to hold itself up on its own like you know if, if someone if someone was looking at the game and this is the type of person that like i skip all cut scenes i skip all lore i don't give a shit about any of that mm-hmm. i want to play for the gameplay should they buy that game in my opinion i would say yes but but that's based on the type of gamer i am and i mm-hmm. i like semi games um I play crazy things like American Truck Simulator and what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I play a lot of semi type games, so um, yeah, I mean, so you know, I'm okay with it in the, mm-hmm. the progression aspect and the unlocking new tools and you know new vehicles and things like that and the exploration of it. It's um. To me, it's all really good, you know, even though some of the terrain is frustrating, that's part of the game and, and right. the challenge. So I think so, because um, like I said, the, the story hasn't done a whole lot for me yet, and I'm really, really mm-hmm. enjoying it. So I think so. That's a good I, would, you. I would have to say a big maybe, personally, to somebody who's skipping the cutscenes for this game, because mm-hmm. I feel like 
gameplay wise this is probably a pretty niche game there's going to be a lot of people who don't enjoy this type of game mm -hmm. i agree not mm -hmm. really anything we've had before at all it's kind of it's very unique so um yeah i just i could see a lot of people find the gameplay of this not fun they'll be like it's too slow i don't <laughs> like I don't like just uh, having to manage the weight and pick a path and then work towards the path. They're like, it's not exciting enough. Mm -hmm. I can see some people thinking that. Um, and also, uh, yeah, the reward, I feel like at least in the early game, Mike's a bit further than me. There, there's, it doesn't feel, the, the biggest reward you get out of the game is kind of like the intrinsic, like, oh, I set out to do this path and I did do this path and I did it in this way that I wanted to do and that feels good. But if you're not really big on intrinsic rewards and you want the game to like be rewarding you for what you do, mm -hmm. I don't feel like it does that super well, which is fine. I don't think it needs to, but um, some people might not like that. So um, do, you, do you guys feel as though like this story is relatively fast paced to try and keep up with that kind of slow going like slow reward gameplay or do you feel like that's kind of the reward you're looking for if say you aren't really that big of a fan of the gameplay and Derek I, I think if you're not <laughs> a fan of the gameplay you won't be able to get through the game even if you really like the story mm -hmm. and that is uh, that is sad because that will push some people away. Mm -hmm. But I do think that is a big reason why it got very mixed reviews. People who because like I said, new gameplay type. If somebody doesn't like this type of gameplay, they're going to have to do it a lot. It's not like the Metal Gear games where we have a ton of cutscenes all the time that are really long. It's not like that. You have relatively short cutscenes, then you're playing for a really long time then you have some more relatively short cutscenes. then you're playing for a long time so if you don't like the gameplay i don't see it being something you could push through okay yeah I, I agree it's um there's no like like i said the story so far is memorable. there's no characters that i feel like you get attached to um shots fired I, it's just, I, I mean, I just, gotta, <laughs> I just gotta be honest, you know, I don't, I don't want people's expectations to be, uh, you know, wrong going into the game. If you're gonna, uh -huh. like Derek said, if you're gonna go into that game, you need to know the gameplay and what you're getting yourself into because you're not gonna be able to push yourself through this type of game just to see the story. I, I just don't see people being able to do that. Okay. So, I guess... Um, I guess my question at this point would be, I, I know it's early, um, since, you know, you said, Mike, I think you said you're on like chapter five and Derek, you said you're on chapter three. Mm -hmm. I think um, I'm six actually, five or six. Six. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I said six, I don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> but, uh, what, what would you guys currently score the game at? Hmm. You want to take this one first, Derek? I'm thinking. <laughs> no, Mike. Mike, I need. I need your response. First. You, want, you want my response? I've, I've I've hit Derek with the last two, so okay. this is up to you. <laughs> so, damn. Right now, if I had to give it a score, what do you, what are we doing? One to ten or what? One to ten. One to ten. 
I really like the game. I, I really do. If, um, if it makes it easier, compare it to your favorite Metal Gear Solid. That <laughs> <laughs> right, will not make it easier. <laughs> I would say probably... Okay, I give it an 8.5 so far. 8.5? Yeah. I want to give it a 9, but I have some reservations. What's what's holding you back? Uh, I mean, story, basically. Um, mm-hmm. it, it could get better. But like I said, right right now, I just don't feel like it's... it's I don't know. It, it's just not there. It's not compelling so far, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I uh, I was gonna say eight, eight out of ten, so far. Could change. Probably will change. Very likely will change. Yeah. No. We we definitely. I think on the next podcast or even the one after that, depending on you know whatever pace you guys can go at to beat the game. Um, I think it'd be really interesting to hear. You know, what are your thoughts after beating it? Um, but this is the even more important question. Uh oh. I think I think you both know what question is coming. But for the listeners who don't know me, um do you think I would like this game? Do you think it would be worth it for me to purchase this game at sixty dollars? I'm gonna or say... wait for it to be discounted or don't even bother. I'm gonna say for you definitely not at $60 so I'm wavering between a discounted rate or not play it at all and I'll tell you why one of the biggest things in this game that you're going to deal with is encumbrance and try and decide which missions to pick up which deliveries to pick up and which to do and what not to do Mm -hmm. and I feel like that would drive you a little crazy bonkers yeah so i I don't think you would enjoy that part of it and that's a lot of it so i would say definitely not 60 dollars for you yeah i agree not 60 dollars. i'd say either borrow it rent it or buy it at discount but i do think you should play it with Mm -hmm. an asterisk and that asterisk being try it when you play (laughs) it when you play it just do the main story Mm mm-hmm Unless, unless Don't you do find anything it. else in the game. Fuck, <laughs> ignore, fuck the rest the side, ignore the side quests unless you're really <laughs> digging the gameplay. Because yeah. I I feel like from from knowing you, I feel like you won't hate the gameplay, but you also won't love it. Yeah. There'll be part. I think there'll be parts of it you like, and then there'll be parts of it where you get annoyed or bored. Um, but I think you'll like it enough to keep going unless <laughs> you stop to do side quests, and then I think you'll just feel overwhelmed and you'll stop playing. and i'll never play ever again yep <laughs> people that don't know me very well um i start a lot of games and if there becomes way too many side quests at some point um i'd probably rather kill myself than keep playing i, I mean i stopped fallout new vegas because of that <laughs> i stopped mass effect 3 because of that i mean i haven't played more outer worlds i feel bad but I, that's it's 
heading towards that point. Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, you either play what you enjoy. If you're not, if you're not having fun, move on. Play something you are having fun. Well, it's, it's not necessarily that the game's not fun. It's just that like I want to do everything, but I don't. My brain's not organized well enough to, you know, compartmentalize and just deal with things one step at a time. Mm-hmm. Especially if I don't know if something's like a timed mission and then I accidentally did the main mission and then missed out on it, then it's like, shit, I need to go back. Oh, and this is that, exactly yeah. why I don't do um, strategy RPGs either. Because if someone dies, and that's probably going to happen, I will feel the need to restart the entire mission. <laughs> and Most yeah. strategy RPGs have an option to not have permadeath. I want you to oh, play Valkyria I knew that. I knew that. Valkyria Chronicles is super good. <laughs> I love that. But yeah, I, I get very I get very overwhelmed by decision making when I can't make a decision. Oh, Mass Effect Three! I hate you. But yeah, 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 yeah. no. So it, it's definitely good to hear your guys' kind of introductory slash intermediate thoughts on Death Stranding. Um, I definitely you think I will it, borrow you... it from you. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you give it a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do want to say something though. If you would have asked me a week ago, uh, right after the weekend of playing it, and you asked mm-hmm. me to rate it, I would have given it a nine, like without a doubt. And in the past week, it's dropped down to an eight. And the only, the biggest reason, and mm-hmm. I don't know if this is a fair reason, but I do think it is, is that there's just because the rewards are so intrinsic and the story is so mysterious and like mike said it's taken a while to get rolling it's really hard to get myself to start playing death stranding like once i do start playing i play for a long time Mm -hmm. but when i'm not playing it it's it feels like a lot like if i think about playing death stranding it feels like a lot so i i have a hard time just booting it up I do feel like you need to like have a block of time to actually play if you're gonna fire it up. It's not one you can fire it up and just feel like, like oh, I'm just twenty do... twenty minutes. Yeah, one do yeah. or two. You, yeah, it, I don't think it's really good for that. I agree, and that's basically all I get anymore. So, oops. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's I I, I appreciate hearing you guys talk about that. Um. I've definitely been curious. It's been like a, uh, I don't know if I would like this game, but maybe, I don't know. It could be interesting. It's different, but I, I mean, definitely I'm a delivery like- man. I don't know if that'll drive me crazy or not. It's a really hard game to talk about too, like to articulate exactly really compare what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh no 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 no! You can compare this though, Mormon Redis. Kevin Costner, who's the better postman? Oh, jeez. Norman Reedus. Fuck you. <laughs> I do find it funny that, like, they have ads for, like, shows that Norman Reedus would or is would be in in the mm-hmm. game. That actually bothered me. Like, <laughs> so, because you don't know, Ryan, um, there's, there's this one ad that'll sometimes pop up. Like, because when you, when you do the shower the shower will like close and it'll have like a screen. That's what's covering up Norman Reedus. So you don't look at naked Norman Reedus. And on the screen, it advertises AMC's The Ride with Norman Reedus. And oh my God. Of Norman Reedus. 
and it says with Norman Reedus, and I'm like, why? <laughs> like, that... did they show? Did they show uh, Boondock Saints anywhere? <laughs> no, no. The only other ad besides that that I've seen is the very clear monster. Ad, oh my god! Energy, but uh, monster paid for some really nice product placement. I mean, it's not really anything new for Kojima. We've seen. <laughs> We've seen ad placements in in the Metal Gear games, so but it's just the it's just specifically the AMC is the ride one that bothered me because mm-hmm. it has Norman Reedus. So am I supposed to believe that in this universe Norman Reedus used to be called Norman Reedus and used to be on a TV <laughs> show, but now he's not anymore? Like now I'm he's so washed confused. up. He's uh he's delivering. <laughs> like I I either have to a just believe that ad doesn't exist in universe or b have to do mental gymnastics on how it could exist in the universe well he's his twin brother oh well i guess that's there's the justification mental, i guess that's not too many <laughs> mental gymnastics oh my god how have we gone through this entire conversation and not talk this two letters bb what about the BB? Uh, bridge baby? We have to hear every... Sorry? Bridge baby? <laughs> That's what BB stands for. Bridge baby. Oh, shit. I had no idea. I just <laughs> see memes about a baby and someone shaking the baby. You know, I thought that parents were supposed to encourage you not to shake your baby. You always shake Here I am watching someone shake the baby. You always shake the baby. What? <laughs> uh, isn't that like a little odd? <laughs> hey, I'm just gonna carry this baby with me. Well, it, it's, well, if you want to know about the baby, we can tell you about it. But it's I mean, a little bit spoilery. But you learn about it pretty early. Yeah, it's real early stuff. So yeah, it's super early, like first two chapters. So I mean, it's your call if you want to know. But yeah, they. I mean, they have their story reasons for you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um. Whether you buy into it or not is, you know, up to the the player. So, I mean, regardless of whether or not there's a story reason, for it, that it, there was still a conscious decision to make it a, a baby and not something else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it actually it, it kind of makes sense with the story. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'll just go ahead and say it's pretty early in the game. So, basically, the supernatural beings that are in the game, they're they're like. They're basically they're kind of like ghosts in the sense that they are they were once human but they're dead humans. Um, so these BBs are um, fetuses from stillbirths, meaning they've like they and they've been recovered, so they've been technically dead, so mm-hmm. they can see these supernatural beings. So mm. so when these certain people in universe like basically connect their gadget to the BB, the gadget's able to detect where these super- where the the supernatural beasts are. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's the reason why you got to carry it around. So the story is like a weird, like reversal of the sixth sense, where now the kid is dead and the man is alive. Spoilers, by the way, for those of you. Who- <laughs> I was about to say, I'm ashamed to say I've never seen The Sixth Sense. Oh, well, oh, shit. Damn. Okay, I just... <laughs> That's so everybody, for you. Everybody, I knew the twist, though. Everybody knows the twist. Okay, okay. Well, now I feel a little less bad, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
We're past the seven years. It's fine. It's it not, is. It's not it's a fine. big deal. Just slightly. <laughs> just slightly past seven years. So Kojima took good storytelling and reversed it to make good storytelling. <laughs> to make a BB. <laughs> to make a BB. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know how I got through that entire conversation. Oh, BBs. Oh, sorry. So that's Not, what Big Boss the... is. Okay. <laughs> uh, I know we were trying to wrap the talk up uh, for Death Stranding, but the other thing is, I was gonna ask you, what do you, what do you think about all the names in in the game, uh, Derek? They're classic Metal Gear names. <laughs> let's be honest. It, it's so. I need an example. Example and ex- and explain. <laughs> You want to go for it, Derek? Or... Hold on, I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember what that guy's name is. The one that wears the mask. Die Hard Man. That's it. His name is <laughs> Die Hard Man. Oh, so these are Mega Man names. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the other guy's name is. Is it just Dead Man? Yeah, Dead yeah, Man. Dead Man. And they're. It's so weird. Like. <laughs> Why? And then uh, Norman Reedus is called Sam Porter Bridges. Like a really <laughs> normal name. <laughs> Sam Bridges. Hey, so I uh, I build bridges. <laughs> I mean, you can. You actually can. So. Yeah. And you're bridging America through the Chiral Network. But it's weird because he's... His last name is Bridges only because he works for the company Bridges. I don't think yeah. that's like his actual name. No, we learned. So it's we, Porter. We did no. We learned what his real name, what his real last name used to be before, like all the fallout happened on Earth. Oh, okay. And uh, it seems that after all that happened, people kind of adopted names based on their role in society. Mm-hmm. Like they kept okay. their first name, but then their middle name is like what they do, and their last name is where they're from. That's what it seems to me, at least, from being interesting in the game. That's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so I do want to talk about something else. Well, a couple other things. Um, I wanted to hear Derek talk about a little game called Pokemans. Pokemans. I want to hear everything about the Pokemans. I want to hear which game you chose, since the audience does not know. And I want to hear why you think that that Legendary is better. I don't, actually. I chose the game with the worst Legendary in my Shit. Opinion. So, <laughs> I chose Pokemon Shield, which has oh. that Shield dog. And I think that's worse than the Sword dog. That's... But the, the reason why I chose Pokemon Shield is because, for the first time, this these Pokemon games have exclusive gym leaders. So, and, Whoa. in Pokemon Sword, there's two gym leaders that aren't in Shield, and that is a Fighting-type gym and a Rock-type gym. And mm-hmm. in Pokemon Shield, it's an Ice-type gym and a Ghost-type gym. Which, oh, that's definitely way more interesting. Yeah, that sounded way more fun to go against. An ice gym and a ghost gym, that sounded way more fun than fighting in rock. So I chose shield for that reason, knowing that I would have to give up my Sith. Can I ask a dumb question? Yeah. Do do people actually buy like both versions of the Pokemon games? Or Absolutely. 
Really? Jeremy definitely would. Yeah, and they're sold in a double pack that comes with the Steelbook. Well, at least Sword and Shield was sold Mm -hmm. in a double pack that comes with the Steelbook. Um, It's not any cheaper. It's $120. That's Um, nuts. Yeah, so people will buy both versions and uh, because they want the exclusives out of both. And uh, yeah, they'll play both of them. I mean, I have a friend who bought both of them, so I know someone personally who did it. Uh, I mean, I've always, I've never understood how Nintendo gets away with it. Like, I mean, I buy the new release Pokemon games. I've been playing them since I was a kid. I don't plan on stopping buying them. I mean, I, they're fun. They're like nostalgic for me and mm-hmm. they're fun to play through. Um, but ever since I was like old enough to think even a little bit critically, I'm like, how are people not upset about this? Like they're releasing they the are. exact same game twice with just minor differences. I think I think realistically they are. They're probably like a little bit dead inside. But uh, <laughs> I, think, I think what's happening is that those I want to appease my kids. And Nintendo knows. They know that these parents are going to buy to shut their children up that love video (laughs) games. So they will buy both copies if they have to. And they know they will make more money knowing that they can have two games with very slight variations between the two and both shit, both games are going to get bought. I I totally believe that's the case now. Like now I totally can believe that. Now I do think they might've had good intentions back when they first started. Maybe. No way. The whole game was supposed to be about connecting with your friends and trading. So by having two different versions that had different Pokemon, it would give you incentive to go out and meet other people playing the game or to connect with your friends, um, which was always supposed to be a big part of the game. And it still is supposed to be a big part of the game. I mean, they're now f- like full of online features and everything to be able to do all that. But still, it just it feels bad. It doesn't. It just. I feel like they could. They could now. Now we're in 2019. They can figure out a different way to keep us all connected without having to sell us two versions of the same game. Um, actually, that that reminds me. Um, I, I was kind of curious about this. Um, so I feel like, um, and correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like you know over the past like few generations that I recall you playing, and you know I'll see Alex bitch about it on like Facebook or whatever, but, you know, discussion over the game being too easy. And I guess, I guess it's like, can you have the expectation that the game will be challenging when most of the audience is probably going to be younger kids that probably will struggle with these games? Or do you feel as though at the end of the day, Game Freak has always been focused on their core audience, and if their core audience is a lot older, they should be catering to their older fans. I agree that their core audience is older. I mean, there's a lot of reasons and there's a lot of statistics to back up that they have a very large older fan base, people who grew up with it, like mm-hmm. mid-20s. Um now now mid-20s a lot of people that age playing the games um but i do think game freak still wants to keep the difficulty down so Mm -hmm. that they can have their uh their have kids be able to play through the game and that's why the challenge has always been in the post game and any game any pokemon games that have had challenge it's always been in the post game they'd have like battle towers or 
something like that that are that are pretty difficult to play through so you have to get through the easy content but then you get access to hard content and i believe one of the games i want to save is black 2 and white 2 but i might be wrong they had they had like a challenge mode which made the game harder um i never played through it but i was reading about it um like a challenge mode post game or like, yeah, like it's a challenge game. mode difficulty because no, they've, they they've never had separate difficulties they've never had separate difficulties so it's story which is what i think they should do and i, I don't I understand why that. they haven't done that but um yeah my problem with uh x and y was that the games were way too easy just like it that was the easiest it's ever been in my opinion like it was much harder back in gold, silver, crystal days, um, uh-huh. or red and blue where I started. And then Sun and Moon came out, and it was a little bit harder, but it was so handholdy. Like every step of the way, there was another tutorial, there was another cutscene, and it was just—it felt like you never got to play. I, I had such a hard time even finishing Sun and Moon, and then I didn't even bother buying Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon um, because just sun and moon i did not find fun at all but this one does take steps in the right direction in that regard i think um because you could skip the tutorials in this game it's the first pokemon game that's ever let you skip the tutorials so i didn't have to learn for the hundredth time how to catch a pokemon um and there's a lot less cutscenes. the game opens up a lot quicker you have a lot more options for your team right from the get-go and And I know some people have been saying Sword and Shield's been a lot easier, and I could see that if uh, they took the time to do a bunch of like raids before gyms and level up. But there's a lot less trainers. There's a lot less trainers, so if you don't catch a bunch of Pokemon like all the time, and you're probably gonna struggle more. Yeah, and if you don't, uh, and especially if you skip some of the trainer battles because there's not that many, um, then and you just go through the game like I did. I was typically five levels below any gym I was challenging. Then they were still not that hard. Um, and then, but the champion fight, the very last fight of the main game, that mm-hmm. was pretty difficult. I actually uh, almost lost to him once, and then I restarted the fight and uh, beat him. And that was I was surprised because I've I don't think I've had any Pokemon fight be that challenging in the main story but it still wasn't too hard and then the post-game fights that i've been doing so far they've been more challenging than that even so that's been a nice change of pace and this game has a really heavy emphasis on competitive play it's the first pokemon that i know of that actually has a ranked mode so you Mm -hmm. can go in and figure out what rank you are and fight people of uh, similar levels to you and well obviously i'm gonna be the very best so right and it has a (laughs) bunch of new items so that you can uh, dictate your pokemon stats better um so you're able to actually adjust your pokemon stats and their ivs with items in the game which you've not been able to do before you used to have to do by grinding and breeding and it was it was like a whole ordeal that i never wanted to get into but they made it a lot more accessible to get the competitive aspect so I think that's what they're doing for their older fans is they're they're making the post game a bit harder and they're giving competitive um, opportunities, I guess, to more people so that the older fans can have fun with it too, while the younger fans can still play through the main story, which is pretty easy. That's really, I mean, that's that's pretty cool though, because you know I feel like a lot of times it's like it's very easy to 
go focus basically on one specific, I guess, audience. Um, whereas, you know, trying to keep in mind the varying generations of audience. Right. It's just kind of nice that, you know, a game company is able to manage that in some way. Yeah. Mike, since, since we've been leaving you out of this, Mike, um, I know Pokemon's very near and dear to your heart. Um, what, what, what Pokemon is the best Pokemon of all time? Oh, and there's God. only one answer to this. <laughs> I have no idea. Otherwise, played, you're like, objectively wrong. I've played like... right. There is only one answer to this. <laughs> I think I've played like two Pokemon games. What uh... is wrong with you? No, <laughs> I mean, is you get one do... guess? It really? Like, I mean, is there actually like a best Pokemon? There's yeah. one Pokemon that's the best. Objectively. Objectively. I don't know. Who? Mike, take your. <laughs> If you want to know who, just guess. <laughs> I barely know any Pokemon. Um, I don't know. Pikachu? No, you fucking bitch. It's Pidgey. Pidgey <laughs> is best Pokemon, objectively. Pidgey's uh, not in Sword and Shield. Well, Sword and Shield's worst game now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah. I, I haven't played a Pokemon game since... I don't know, Crystal, <laughs> I think. Crystal's super good, man. I think so I played Black. Black. Hell I yeah. Hell yeah, you went further than I did, Mike. <laughs> yeah, that's Generation 5. For, yeah. Versus think, 2. I think that was one I played. But yeah. yeah. It's been a while. I, so, before we leave Pokemon Talk... Um, okay, what's up? Do I was just curious... Um, I was always under the impression that the games didn't change very much and that what they were going for was always banking on um, a, a good amount of retention from the previous installments, but also bringing in the younger generation to keep it sort of going. Yeah. Is, I mean, is that a fair assessment or, because I heard you guys talking about um, the audience now you know being like you know, maybe in the 20s or whatever i mean we can't know for sure that there's more people in their 20s playing than there's more children yeah. because any statistics that have actually been gathered on this are going to be skewed in a way where it's a, it's much easier to get statistics from people in their 20s than it is to get statistics from six-year-olds mm -hmm. right so um there's no real way of knowing who their biggest audience is unless nintendo has some data on it but yeah. what I'm saying is I do know that there's a big audience for their 20s and up. People who have stuck with the game since they were young. But that, there is definitely impressive. also... Yeah, there's also definitely a big audience for kids. I mean, there's a reason why every time a Pokemon game comes out, it's top selling for weeks and weeks and weeks. Like, mm -hmm. It's because it just... It's also the biggest franchise in the world. I'm pretty sure it's surpassed Star Wars. Um, really? You don't don't quote me on that until I double check, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it did. Um, so they they have they have a very mixed audience of a lot of age groups. Okay, I was just wondering because yeah. I mean I don't maybe it's just me I don't really ask people about this very often, but I fall off of 
franchises just after a while. And it's not even because they're bad. Like, a lot of people fell off, like, let's say something like Assassin's Creed because they thought a certain installment was bad. I never mm-hmm. reached that point. I just, I just kind of had enough, I guess. And I really just didn't want to play anymore at that point. So. I mean, that's fair. It's I an, even fell impressive. off Pokemon for a while. Like, even when I was. Like I, I, like I said, I played Sun and Moon, but then I didn't play Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, and I didn't play Let's Go, and so, and I didn't play the Pokemon Mobile game at all either. Um, so, hmm. Sun and Moon, that was three or four years ago, and that's and that's the last time I played a Pokemon game before this. So it's not even like I'm a huge Pokemon fan. It's not like I'm playing Pokemon all the time. It's just that I've been playing it since I was young. So whenever a new one is coming out, I take a look at it, and if it seems like it'll be fun, it's like, why not? I'll just buy it. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. No. I. I mean, even even me, Mike. Like I, obviously, I haven't played since Crystal, and I think most most of the reason for that is, I mean, even with like shooters or you know games that are meant to be like, you play this match and then you play this match again and you play this match again and you know it's a different game each time, but I I generally like to focus on the repetitive elements of it, and that kind of like bores me in a way. Mm. <laughs> so a lot of times, like games like you know Pokemon, like I just wouldn't be able to get back into it. I'd probably start playing it for a bit, and then be like, "All right, I'm I'm ready to move on to something else." <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So okay, so yeah, I just looked it up, and Pokemon is in fact the biggest media franchise in the whole world. Hmm. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. Star Wars is number five. Jeez, what's number two? Hello Kitty. Oh, jeez. I mean, that's my jam, but all right, let that's me... neither here nor there. What's the top five? <laughs> I need to know the top five now. All right, number one's Pokemon, then Hello Kitty, then Winnie the Pooh, then Hell yeah. Mickey Mouse and Friends, and then Star Wars. Winnie the Pooh? Hot dog. Yep. Wow. It's what this is. This is Wikipedia. That's for you, Abby. So, however much you can trust Wikipedia, <laughs> I trust it with my life. Um, but yeah. So, I actually had one more topic for us to discuss today. Um, so, as both of you know, and I'm refraining from talking about Demon Souls here. Ah, um, Blue Point Games is working on a remake. Yeah. Of which we have no idea what it is. We can take speculation and guesses. But it inspired me to come up with this topic. And Mike, I wanted to start with you because you've been the most um, I want a new IP heavy person that I know. And so I wanted your input. If if the remake could be any game that you wanted, Mike, what game would that be? I mean... And not Metal Gear Solid. I was going to say, my answer is going to be boring, so <laughs> you, you may want to like, <laughs> throw Metal Gear out of the window because, of course, that's <laughs> what it'd be. Oh, wow. Man, this is this is a question you you can't just throw on somebody. You got to give them some time. Uh, well, that's that's too bad. This is um, this is on the spot. What's the first game that comes to your mind? Oh wow, um, a true remake. True remake. Shit. Um, 
This is why I like I like this. I like making you feel like I'm never ready. I mean, I'm, because yeah. that's how I am. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see this question coming. Ah oh, man. Besides Metal Gear, what would I like to play? And there is actually another game that people are now speculating that it could be. Was um, that Mike's, while Mike's thinking, why don't you talk about that? What talk about what? what? What the game people are speculating. Oh, yeah. So um, recently, and this was actually Halloween, uh, Blue Point Games tweeted out a cryptic tweet of which, realistically, it's probably just speculation slash we're trying to make a joke out of this because people don't know what it is. Um, however, there's kind of multiple references to the game. The Legend of Dragoon. I don't... Do you know what that is, Mike? Have you actually played that on the play, the original PlayStation? I did not play it, but I do know what it is. I've, I've okay, so... Yeah, so um, there's a couple references in the tweet, and I'm trying to pull it up now, but of course, I don't have my um, keys out. I'm, I'm working on a tablet right now, so trying to get this stuff going. Um, the first thing that they reference in it, um, the first obvious reference in it, is in relation to um, the main character's name, Dart. Um, the second, they refer to a black monster, which is actually the nickname of a character that they are searching for for most of the game. And the third reference is they also refer to a red moon, and that's actually has a pretty big part in the game as well, where um, when the blood moon comes out... Um, I don't remember what, but something happens. And with the multiple kind of references to the game, as well as Peter Dalton responded to a random person's tweet back in August, um, someone was like, do you guys love, or do you guys know what uh, The Legend of Dragoon is? And Peter Dalton, who, um, for those of you that don't know, he is the technical director at Blue Point Games. Um, he responded to the tweet and he said, I love that game. What if we made that a future project? So now there could be potential speculation that maybe they're working on that. Could be in the future for sure. Um, but it would be interesting if their first remake, which this would be a re-envisioning as Bluepoint has been called this uh, project. It would be interesting if it was The Legend of Dragoon. Though I'd still prefer as Demon Souls, but that's 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 besides the point. I mean, I would buy it if it was Legend of Dragoon, but I also really want it to be Demon Souls. Oh, I've been replaying it, and it's it's just a. I love that game. I love it so much. It is. It is. I've so been doing a bow run, which. Yeah, you could say that's cheesing, but at the end of the day, like, I was I going mean, through and fighting the flame lurker. Yeah, I was fighting the flame lurker. And oh my god, talk about stress. I definitely did not cheese him using that bone right next to the the fog door. I just I was dodging. It was <laughs> it was hell. <laughs> I'd say good work. 
but yeah, Mike, what 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 are your thoughts? What what do you want? Oh, Give God. us a remake. So, I don't know, man. <laughs> well, you know why it's hard for me. Um, I don't know if I've talked about this on a podcast before, but I've definitely told you before, Ryan. Um, my gaming history is filled with a bunch of like sports games and like that's true we play like football basketball wrestling things like that with my best friends and that's that's kind of how i started getting into gaming so Mm -hmm. the two games that sort of took me out of that comfort zone would be metal gear and Mm -hmm. final fantasy 7 which i can't say because they're already doing that um yep I mean, unless you want Blue Point to make their own take on Final Fantasy VII and Square. Oh shit! You know what? Competition. A few months ago, I I would have said yes, let them have it. But after seeing um, some of the latest remake footage, I like the direction they're going. Oh yeah, Final Fantasy VII remake looks so good. Yeah, so I'm happy. I'm 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 glad they took their time, and yeah, it's taking forever, but it seems like they are actually trying to get it right, which is. You you have to do that game justice. So, I guess if I had to pick one, you guys ever played Suikoden? No, I know about it, but I never played it. Maybe the same. I I really like Suikoden. Um, I tried to play two. I didn't get very far in two, but the first Suikoden was uh, it was it was a really good game. I mean, I played it well after it came out, of course. But I think, you know, yeah. I mean, if you're gonna (coughs) excuse me remaster or remake a game um i would prefer something like an rpg or something like that um Mm -hmm. uh, i mean to me yes you could do something like a shooter or something like that but i don't know i've never been the biggest shooter fan so i'd like them maybe take a i know they're not doing that game but you know if i had to pick one game and it can't be Metal Gear. I guess I'll be squeaking in. Hey, you never know. Maybe you'll be surprised. <laughs> I highly doubt it. You know, if it's not Demon Souls, which i that's what I really want it to be, I think my next choice, which it could never be, because Atlas would never allow this, but I would want it to be <laughs> Persona 3. You know, from that perspective, I would actually want to see either personally, just because, like... They've, I feel like they'd be really outdated to play at this point. And, Wait. like, with the change in their, like, RPG battle system in those games, I'd probably be curious to see, like, how they, like, redo that. Yeah. Well, yeah, if they remade Persona 3, I'd want it to be more... Fall, the ba- At least the battle system. I'd want For it to sure. fall closer in line to, like, Persona 5. Oh, yeah, no, 3's was very unforgiving. Um, I've seen a lot of talk online about people saying uh, that these turn-based RPG battle systems are outdated, and that's why like Square Enix is moving towards action battle, like as we've seen with Final Fantasy XV and mm-hmm. the new Seven remake. But I have such a hard time agreeing. I do think there is a place for turn-based battle. Yeah, it's always going to be more niche than action combat, but I do think there's a place for it, and I don't think it'll be going extinct or it should go extinct what do you guys think uh i don't disagree um i mean i still like turn base i think in specific aspects like if i recall correctly the way that 
I think I think the first um, Persona was more like a tactical RPG, if I'm not mistaken. I haven't played than, that one. Than turn based. Um, but yeah, no, like I, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, look at like how like Final Fantasy X did it, right? And yeah, that's PS2 era, but like you can still update like a turn-based battle system and have it still work like with Persona 5 or Persona 4 or whatever. Yeah, um, I agree. But I also do kind of like the movement towards like an action structure because like going back to the Final Fantasy 7 remake, I think it does look really good. Um, and in some fashion, they do have a turn-based battle system going on with their ATB mode where you basically just let them run on like autopilot and then you make selections when the um when the gauge fills up so it's really in a way no different than how the original game played yeah that makes sense i did see about that did you know there was a mode like that for Dissidia final fantasy i did not know that yeah there's a mode in Dissidia final fantasy to play it turn based but it's really weird I would probably imagine so. <laughs> because the characters still like attack each other, like with just their normal attacks, but then you have to command when they use like their special attacks. But they still like run around the battlefield on their own. Yeah. It's super weird. I forgot I bought yeah, that game. I still haven't played it. NT or the original? Uh, NT. Um, I played the original. Uh, NT is really fun. It actually has a pretty decent player base on PS4 still. doesn't take that long to find a match. Hmm. I played it just a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good game. I recommend it if you ever see it on sale. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. Is, that's the third one, right? Yeah, it's the third one. They had, yeah. two, they had two on the PSP? Or? Yeah. Yep. Okay. They had the original and then they had Duodecim. Okay. Oh, man, um, yeah, I played Duodecim. I don't know. I played one on the PSP. Yeah, yeah no. that one was the best one. Like, it's even better than NT, in my opinion. I don't know. I I played a little bit of the first one, and we played a little that one day a while back. Yeah, I remember that. When you bought it. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know what didn't really catch my interest in those games. I, I don't mean... know. It's kind. Of, they're kind of like fighting games, but with uh, some people might get mad, but I think most people would agree they're kind of like fighting games, but with a little bit less depth. So it's like I can see why I wouldn't hook everybody. Yeah. But uh, if you want my answer, um, I was actually gonna say Final Fantasy VI. Um, oh, that'd be a good one. Even though I haven't yeah, that, played it, I still think that game. Good has an incredible story. Is that the one with Kefka? Yeah. And there's actually one particular scene that I've been thinking about ever since, like, when I was playing it originally and knowing that the Final Fantasy VII remake was eventually going to come out. Um, there's, a, there's a particular part in the game, and yes, I'm spoiling it, but I don't care because I think it's awesome. You actually... You're doing combat while falling down a waterfall... <laughs> <laughs> and it's so like in a way ridiculous but like i just 
I can't envision in my mind how would you do that in like like an action-y remake, like picturing <laughs> Final Fantasy VII, the remake, and putting a combat scene where you're falling down a waterfall and fighting a bunch of enemies. Wait, so you're falling down a waterfall and you're fighting. Are you like standing on a log that's falling or something? No. No, you're, you're literally just falling and you're attacking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's hilarious, but I, I really want to see this happen. Oh, I bet it would look real stylish with like. Chances graphics. are, like, I feel like realistically, it'd probably be one of those things where like you fall down and then you probably get into combat after you land on something. I feel like that'd be more likely what they would do. Or, but I just, I want to picture that this would happen. Or they could just make a really cool sequence where you, they have brand new animations for all their attacks and they're falling. They're doing a falling animation. And it just looks really cool. Hell they could yeah. Do that. <laughs> I want them to do that now. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I think that's kind of everything that I had. Um, if, uh, if you guys had any final thoughts on either Death Stranding, Pokemans, remakes, complaints with me. I'm sure you guys have too many of those. I probably shouldn't have brought that up, but we'll talk about that. Later. We'll talk about oh, okay, that perfect. Later. We'll give you your grade off air. Perfect. It's a D. Shit. Okay. No, that's that's that was premature. What are you doing? Oh wait, are we still are we still on air? We're we're still on air. Just cut that out. But yeah, um, if you didn't have anything else, um, I wanted to thank you both for you know, coming and doing this week after week. Um, 17 episodes. We're doing great, guys. Season uh, we three. put in a lot of... We're on season three. episodes in like three yeah. years. Yeah, we're, we're putting in a lot of effort. Uh, we're going we're gonna to keep this... We're going to keep the dream alive. Yeah. Um, and thank you to, you know, the listeners of the podcast. Um, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. <laughs> I probably shouldn't laugh saying that, but <laughs> I mean it. You laugh at our listeners. How how rude. I'm not laughing at our listeners. I'm laughing at us <laughs> through our listeners. Yeah, you're laughing at us, for sure. <laughs> oh, I appreciate we you hosting. We do appreciate the listeners. Yeah. No, because I, I honestly, I had no idea how to talk about Death Stranding, and you steering that conversation was made it a whole lot easier, so... Thank you. I agree. I agree. With my long-winded, <laughs> uncertain questions, and your long-winded, uncertain answers. <laughs> right. <laughs> Those are the best ones. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, thank, thank you guys, um, and thank you listeners. Um, this is Dark Hour Gaming. Listen to us, or else we'll beat you up. <laughs> no, thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye forever. <laughs> <laughs>